It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now? at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewises. This is Linda Lewis. And this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And this is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Well, Doug, Deborah, we had a great Thanksgiving weekend last weekend. We did. Yeah, I think we're all recovering from turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still a little full. (laughs) Uh, But it has been a really um, interesting beginning to the end of 2017. Yeah, the interesting thing about the uh, Thanksgiving trip that we took to Dallas was it was happening at the same time as the anniversary uh, of JFK's assassination. So I had never been to the Dallas uh, JFK Memorial. Memorial. Yeah, that, that was, was very, very interesting. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Interesting, moving, um, emotional at times. Absolutely. I remember the the very day, and I was in grade school, <laughs> but uh, it was a it was a very moving uh, presentation, and uh, for those of you that may or may not have ever gone there, they have a a seventh floor um an added part to the added, exhibit yeah that just Sarah. opened on november 17th mm-hmm. so uh that was very interesting i really enjoyed that i yeah it brought a lot of history back and putting in line some of the economic policies of jfk and a lot of things came into focus i enjoyed it very much yeah Time well spent. But Doug, Linda, a lot happened this week. Why don't you give us a recap, Doug? Wow, what a week. There's no doubt about it. The Dow Jones, of course, closed at 24231 and oil closed at $58.29 a barrel. And the interesting thing is that the GDP announced that they, the third quarter results were 3.3%. Now, that estimate of third quarter GDP increased from the initial 3% estimate, and that means it's the fastest pace since third quarter 2014. Wow, that's really exciting news. A lot of news uh, happens, uh, both positive and uh, just uh, sizzle, but markets were mostly higher this week as a strong start to the holiday shopping season. And substantial progress on tax reform, another thing that was very big, underpinned expectations of an acceleration in more economic growth. The Dow Jones, of course, itself added 650 points to surpass the 2,000, 24,000 
Mark, for the first time ever. And then by Friday afternoon, Republicans reported that the Senate tax reform bill had enough votes to pass. And so, of course, all these things came together. Then there was a strong start to the holiday shopping season, which helped retailers as the shift from brick and mortar to online continued. What's known as Cyber Monday online sales rose 17% to a record of $6.6 billion. And then with regard to the Fed, incoming Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell's Senate confirmation hearing buoyed financial stocks because Powell, Mr. Powell, reaffirmed the current monetary policy framework of gradually increasing rates with the next rate hike probably to occur at the upcoming December 12th and 13th meeting. Not only so, energy stocks rose as OPEC and non-OPEC producers agreed to extend their production freeze agreement by nine months to the end of 2018. And so crude oil prices have gained almost 30% since the end of June. So when you put it all together, we are in a very, very rosy time. And we need to uh, not be stupid or foolish, but we certainly need to take advantage of everything that's happening. Yes, there certainly are some historical mile markers that are happening in the world and in the market. And hitting 24,000 in the midst of all this news. And then, of course, the tax changes for the first time in 30 years. 30 years. So they've, um, they are making uh, some progress towards uh, tax reform. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a call about your situation, call us on the open line at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Yes, and if you're listening tonight and writing down your questions and you want to give us a call, our office number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. And of course, go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That will give you a little more information about how you can set up your first face-to-face meeting with us. And at that meeting, it'll be our pleasure to give you a copy of either Middle Class Millionaire, Wealthy Barber, or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. Three really good books on how to get started in learning more about financial planning. Well, Doug, Deborah, as we're here in the last month of the year, Doug, what is one tax planning tip that North Carolinians can exercise before year end? Well, I think it's very important to realize the power of uh, the deduction on your federal tax return for your state income taxes that you pay. Now, of course, we also know that this is what's called SALT, uh, state and local uh, income income tax deductions that are being argued about in Congress. Uh, They may or may not Uh, continue to be available. But for right now, they are available. And so for sure, one thing you can do is you can go ahead and make, if you're paying quarterly estimates, don't wait until January to make that fourth quarter estimate payment. Make it in December and it will reduce your federal income taxes. And if it's at all possible, you might even go ahead and make your first quarter payment ahead of time, also bringing in some of those if you think that uh, it can help you. But we're looking at it. The one caveat is if you're in the alternative minimum tax, don't do it 
because then you will lose the deduction. So that's the that's the the thing to consider also. Thanks for that tax tip, Doug. Well, what else is new in the world of tax planning? Well, since uh, uh, probably about 2 a.m., most of us who were interested in this uh, tax reform act have been paying close attention to our TVs and the newspapers to hear what's coming. So the news that you should know about is the Senate has passed the tax reform bill. And here's uh, some of the things tonight that we thought were important on how it's going to affect you. And this is... Um, pretty important, and like Linda said, something that hasn't happened in 30 years. And uh, this is going to be a sweeping tax overhaul worth probably about $1.4 trillion, and it's putting the tax White House a big step closer to its first major legislative victory, and many Americans closer to a tax cut. Yeah, the vote was very tight. I stayed up until 2 a.m. watching it. The vote was 51 to 49 with the only Republican, uh, Bob Corker of Tennessee, uh, voting against it or siding with the Democrats in opposition. The bill's not yet fin- uh, finalized, however. Saturday's vote means that the Senate and the House have passed similar tax reform plans, but negotiators from both those chambers will start meeting on uh, Monday, tomorrow, to agree on a single piece of legislation that both chambers have to approve on before it is then sent to the president for his signature. So what deductions can a person claim under the Senate bill that just passed? Well, the Senate bill does away with federal deductions for state and local income and sales taxes. That's what we call SALT. But it does allow deductions of up to $10,000 in local property taxes. The legislation originally eliminated the federal deduction for all state and local taxes, but the property tax exemption was later added in. Doug, what about personal deductions? Okay, personal deductions, like the House bill, the Senate bill doubles, almost doubles the standard deduction level to $12,000 for individuals. For married couples now, $24,000, which means that the first $24,000 is tax-free. If your income is only $24,000, then you have zero taxes. That's a very powerful thing to double the personal deduction. Yes, indeed. Are there any deductions a person could claim? Any other ones besides the state and local? Yes, other than state and local. Well, the Senate bill retains the current limit for the house mortgage interest deduction up to the first million dollars of the loan. The Senate version also preserves the deduction for medical expenses not covered by insurance, but ends deductions for moving expenses and tax preparation. Hmm. The House bill, by the way, that limits the reduction, uh, the deduction on the mortgage interest to $500,000 for new home purchases. Well, Doug, why does the Senate bill allow deducting medical expenses not covered by insurance? Well, because the Senate bill repeals Obamacare's individual mandate, while the House bill doesn't. You remember that... uh, Uh, Obamacare says that you have to have insurance, and if you don't, you will pay a fine, which will be assessed, a penalty assessed by the IRS. So by eliminating this mandate, uh, the Senate bill repeals the individual mandate. The House bill does not. And if Obamacare's mandate is repealed, then thousands of people are expected to just drop their health insurance, raising the cost for those who decide to keep it. And what about the personal exemption? 
Both the Senate and the House bills eliminate the $4,050 personal tax exemption. Will the tax brackets change at all? It depends on which bill. The Senate bill keeps seven tax brackets, but reduces them to 10%, 10%, 12%, 22%, 24%, 35%, 38.5%. The House bill condenses the seven brackets to just four. 12%, 25%, 35%, and 39.6. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question about your taxes or your financial planning, call us on the open line at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, Doug, suppose you own a small business. What would this mean for them? Okay. The Senate bill allows owners of so-called pass-through businesses, that would be partnerships, LLCs, the self-employed, okay, anybody who is not incorporated, to deduct 23% of their earnings and then pay it at their personal income tax rate on the remainder. So uh, that's very powerful, Uh, It is being uh, uh, contested and batted about whether it's going to end up at 22 percent, 23 percent, 20 percent. We don't know. But it's supposedly a very big deal for the small business owner who is going to get a nice break on his taxes. Well, Doug, what about corporate tax rates? Well, this is the big one. Uh, Depending on which side of the argument you're on, uh, you love it or you hate it. Uh, The House bill and the Senate bill cuts the current 35% rate to 20%, but the Senate bill calls for a one-year delay in dropping the rate. Now, that's on corporations. So the question is, what about LLCs and sole proprietors, the small business owners? But uh, some people say, oh, there's too much break going to corporations. Uh, I personally like it because I think that's going to do very well for the economy. When will all this tax reform take effect? President Trump and the congressional Republicans have vowed to make tax reform a law before the end of the year. If that happens, most of the provisions will come into force on January 1. Now, Doug, will tax reform affect my tax returns for this year? Well, the changes won't have any impact on your taxes for 2017, which are due to the IRS by April 17th. 2018. So that's not going to have any effect on your 2017 taxes, no. And when will the differences in the bills be, quote unquote, hashed out? Yeah, well, the House will vote on a motion to go to conference on the tax bills tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. The Senate is expected to vote on a similar measure soon afterwards. Congress is scheduled to adjourn for its Christmas break on December 15th. But Paul Ryan, the House Speaker, has said that he will keep the House in session beyond that date if necessary to get tax reform passed. So it is moving very rapidly. And if you have questions about your taxes, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement and cash flow planning. 
Well, I bet what's on a lot of people's minds is, especially if you're a senior, the one mistake you can't afford to make in 2017 is in regard to required minimum distributions. So you might want to know how to avoid this and avoid being a victim of this dreaded blunder. Yeah. Like it or not, there are ample opportunities to derail your finances in retirement. You could, for example, neglect to create a budget or get penalized for enrolling late in Medicare or take on costly credit card debt at a time when you're most likely to struggle being able to pay it off. But the big mistake, the one mistake that you really don't want to make this year is neglecting your required minimum distribution. And unfortunately, maybe 50% of seniors are at risk of doing just that. Wow. If you're new to the world of required minimum distributions, or RMDs as they're called, here's a quick rundown. Anytime you have money in a traditional IRA or 401k, you're required to withdraw a certain amount on a yearly basis once you turn 70 and a half. The actual amount of your RMD will depend on the, your account balance coupled with your life expectancy. Yeah, we have to think about this now because the law doesn't say in the year that you turn 70, it says 70 and a half. So let's say that you turn 70 in July of 2017, that you've just turned 70 years old. Are you required to have an RMD taken out this year? No. Because when you turn 70 and a half, you are... That's right. Into 2018. Right. But if you turned 70 when uh, in, say, April of this year, uh-huh. then you would be required. And, that, and now it's serious. It's very serious because if you don't do it, there's a 50% penalty. But the IRS does give you a little bit of leeway. Yes. You got to pay this required minimum distribution. It's got to be paid out of your IRA. Yes, it does. It's got to come out. And you have until March, well, you got to get it out, first of all, by December 31 of this year, 2017. But if you forget and didn't do it, the IRS gives you a leeway to let you get it in by March of 2018, but then you got to go, uh, April 2018, of course, but then you've got to also get a double because right. you have to take your RMD yeah. for next year. Right, right. So you'd be actually making two taxable distributions from your retirement account in that next year. And if you want to prevent that, the only way to do it is to be certain to make that distribution in the year that you turn 70 and a half. Now, some seniors don't mind the required minimum distributions because they're already withdrawing funds from their retirement accounts regularly and thereby meeting the requirement. But for those who have another source of income, whether it's a business venture or a different set of investments, RMDs can be not just a nuisance, but also a tax-related hassle. Yeah, that's because money withdrawn from a traditional IRA or a 401k is taxed as ordinary income. So if it's not cash that you need, then it is uh, unneeded to be... Well, basically, it's unneeded income that you will have to pay tax on. Exactly. And yeah, so... That can be that can be frustrating for many people. Right. Now, what happens if you don't take your RMD? Well, it's simple. You're going to be liable for a 50% tax penalty on any amount you fail. So, for example, let's say that your required minimum distribution was 
$15,000 and you didn't take it, then you're going to lose $7,500 of taxes that you got to pay in addition to getting out the money. I... So you definitely need to know how to avoid this. That's right. And if you're listening and this is your story or your concern and now you're wondering, do you have everything under control? Do you need help understanding what your uh, retirement accounts are going to require as a minimum distribution? If so, give us a call at Lewis Financial Management. Make a face-to-face appointment for a meeting and uh, call us anytime. Doug Lewis, my father, and I'm Deborah Lewis. We are both certified financial planners and we can help you with this problem. Call us during the week at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Now let's take another caller, Doug. Hi, Russ. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you? Hello, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you. It's kind of a specific question. Sure, go ahead. Um, I was chosen as my uh, godfather for my nephew, right? my brother's son. Mm-hmm. And my mother is very concerned right now that I do some sort of gift or investment for this child for later on in his life. Right now, he's only like one years old. Okay. But um, I, need, I, want, I need some advice as to where I could put some money that's it's going into kind of a long-term plan of growth. Right, right. Well, now, he's only one year old. Yeah. Personally, you've got two different ways that you can do it. You can do it in a lump sum, or you can do it in a monthly. Uh, Because he's only one year old, you have the benefit of time, and time will offer the magic of compounding. Uh, it's amazing if you actually put aside a thousand or two thousand dollars for uh, a one-year-old, what that would grow to be over a twenty-year period. On the other hand, if you wanted to go ahead and put a lesser amount in, I uh, say on a monthly basis, you could work it out that way also. In either case, the proper investment vehicle would be a growth mutual fund. Uh, now you could do it in what's called a UGMA account. That's called a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account because he's too young, obviously, to own it himself. Or you could do it, uh, in other words, somebody has to be the custodian of that account. If that, can I be the custodian? Yes, yes, you can. So you could put it into a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account to where you are the custodian. And actually, you have two types of Uniform Gift to Minors Act accounts. The traditional UGMA account matures, or I shouldn't say matures, but it gives him access to the money at 18. I generally don't like that one because that's too young. You can get a UTMA account, which denies him direct access until he's 21. Let's you get to it, to use for him or give to him. But I think that I would try the UTMA account, the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act account, and all of the mutual fund companies, will, 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 they will have those available. Okay. Can I set something up like that with a stockbroker or an investment? Firm? Yeah, you can You can use a certified financial planner. You can use a stockbroker at one of the brokerage firms. Uh, if you want to call my office during the week, uh, either I or Linda can help you set those up. That number at the office, by the way, is 919-872-7000, 872-7000. And any other stockbroker or financial planner can help you get those set up. Okay. Thanks for calling, Russ. Okay, thank you. We enjoyed your call. Bye.
take care. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis, and we're taking your calls at 680-WPTF. So if you've got a question, call us at 860-9783. If you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. Cellular callers, it is star 680. Well, Doug, Deborah, on the tax planning side, how do you report a tax-free transfer from a person's IRA to a charity? Linda, that's a great question. And we're actually in the process of helping two clients right now go through this because there is a lot of benefit that can be gleaned from year-end charitable giving from your IRA. Someone even wrote in with a question in regard to this. So if this is your question, here's an example of what you need to do. The question the writer wrote was, I have to take a $20,000 required minimum distribution from my IRA this year. I'd like to give $5,000 tax-free to a charity and withdraw the remaining $15,000 for myself. A rep at my IRA said they would send me a check for $15,000 payable to me as well as a a $5,000 check made payable to the charity that I could forward. Then the rep said that at the end of the year, it would report the entire $20,000 on my form 1099-R as a gross distribution. How can I benefit from the tax-free transfer then? Yeah, the the tax reporting rules for these qualified charitable distributions can be tricky. These are called QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions. Regardless of where the distribution is sent, the full amount is reported on IRS Form 1099-R with the name, the address, the Social Security number of the IRA owner using Code 7, Normal Distribution, as if the distribution had paid been paid directly to the owner. But you'll claim the tax-free benefits of the QCD when you file your federal income tax return. You report the full 20000 distribution on line 15A of Form 1040 as a gross distribution. And then on line 15B, you write 15000 for the taxable amount and add QCD next to that line to explain why part of the distribution is tax-free. Now, you'll need to be sure to keep records from the charity in your tax files showing that the tax-free transfer was made to the charity. Make a copy of the check before you forward it to the charity and keep an acknowledgement of the gift from the charity in your tax files. Before you make the donation, keep the give the charity a heads up about how much money it will be receiving from your IRA and that receipt should be sent to you. Yeah, you need to ask your IRA administrator for its procedure for making these QCDs, these tax-free transfers to charity. The specifics can vary from IRA administrator to IRA administrator. If you work with a tax preparer, then let him or her know about the qualified charitable distribution so you don't end up paying taxes on that amount because the Form 1099-R reporting the distribution doesn't specify that it was a tax-free transfer to charity. And I will tell you that I've recently run a large uh, spreadsheet analysis. Sometimes a QCD doesn't give any benefit at all. But we at Lewis Financial Management have done this thorough analysis of when it does and when it doesn't benefit you. So call us. Call us at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. That's 919 919- 
800-872-7000. Schedule an appointment to meet with us. We will give you a comprehensive uh, appointment covering not only your tax issues, but also all of your investment issues and all of the questions you have on financial planning. Now, Doug, you make a really good point because the reason we're here on Sunday nights is to give everybody who might be listening a chance to think of things that they might not have thought of before. Are you thinking about making a donation this year? Are you wondering if it can be applied to your required minimum distribution? So these topics that we bring to the conversation are merely things that might be prompting you to think about your own reason for calling our office, scheduling an appointment, discussing this and everything else in your financial planning world. Because comprehensive financial planning is not one issue. What we like to say is that we're multidisciplined experts. That's right. We can we can discuss all the other things in your life that are affected by money, that are going to be dependent on income, whether you're earning it now or in retirement, planning for children, covering the costs, what you'll leave your heirs when you pass away. These topics are also inextricably intertwined. They can't be pulled apart. And when you're looking for an environment where they can all be discussed, that's us. That's what we do. That is, I think, I think grammatically it'd be, that is we. That is we. That is we. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that is we. That is who we are. That's exactly right, Deborah. Uh, we pride ourselves on being able to answer any financial question in your financial world, whether it be your tax question, your investment question, your estate question, college education, retirement and how all of your investments should be structured, and then we will help you simplify your life. That's what we've been doing for over 30 years, right, Linda? Yes, sir. And, you know, uh, sound financial planning advice from experts is worth every penny that you pay for it. And so much so that one of our clients um, was so pleased with the, the services that he had received that he gave it to some um, uh, dear friends. You know, they had uh, a son in, uh, who was getting married. So he gave it as, as a wedding gift a to this young couple for a consultation to come and get advisory services from us. So this young couple came in and got their uh, financial planning uh, first meeting and were delighted with the information they got. The only problem is they moved to the West Coast. But the point is... And who paid for that meeting? One the of friend. our clients. <laughs> he paid for this young couple's financial planning It was their wedding session. present, It huh? was a wedding present. Wow. But the good news is that it prompted, you know, uh, well, it, it gave them a foundation in their, you know, because they're in their 20s. And it gave them a solid foundation for the future in their situation for the young couple, the newlyweds. But what happened six months later, this young man's mother and father came in for financial (laughs) planning advice. So, you know, here we are at the end of the year. It's been a great year, hasn't it? And you may have questions about your situation that you still have, that you think about every day every week every month and now we're getting we're at the end of the year and we're getting ready to start a new year within 30 days so call us at lewis financial management set up a face-to-face appointment 
If you need a second opinion about your situation or you're ready or you're going to retire, whatever the situation may be, maybe you've inherited money, call us at Lewis Financial Management. Listen to the experts. We'll schedule a face-to-face appointment with you. That number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Lewis Financial Management. And visit us at DougAndLinda.com. And if you have questions about your money, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Deborah, what's new in the world of, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, there's always what can help a small business owner uh, start preparing for retirement because of the different types of people who come into our office, we get a large amount of small self-employed owners. Yeah, and when people, when we use the term entrepreneurs, I think a lot of people think of Shark Tank, but it's not always that. It's any self-employed individual. So a small company, uh, your local, uh, you could be someone who um, opened up a house cleaning business, or you could be someone who had um, uh, consulting for computer companies locally, anything. You're a plumber, you're yeah, a carpenter. You are self-employed. So these are some of the the concerns that might be in your world in regard to preparing for retirement. Yeah, entrepreneurs and all self-employed people are used to spending lots of time thinking about their businesses, how to grow, how to protect, even pivot them if necessary. What they don't think about is themselves, especially their retirement and how to prepare for it. In fact, one third of them don't have any retirement plan. That's a lot of entrepreneurs whose futures are filled with a great deal of uncertainty right now. However, now there are simple steps that business owners can take now to position themselves for a more secure retirement in the future. I mean, the first thing is set a goal. In planning for retirement, it's helpful to envision where you want to end up, whether living a modest life in a little bungalow, traveling around the world in your own yacht, or somewhere in between. So defining retirement goals and lifestyle expectations now may help the business owner start from the target and work backward. Yeah, once they identify the components needed for a comfortable retirement, business owners can then craft an appropriate plan to sell their business or pass it along to an heir. This may help with determining the ideal sales price or developing a management handoff timeline. Next, you need to develop a succession plan. In corporate America, there's always another employee waiting in the wings to take the place of a co-worker who has retired. That's not usually the case for small business owners who typically have a difficult time relinquishing control to just anyone. 34% of small business owners don't have a succession plan in place, but it's crucial to your legacy and your company's future that you prepare a solid strategy. You know, when I heard that that statistic, Deborah, I questioned it because 34% sounded small to me. When I think of all the small business owners that I have met with through the years, very, very rarely do I find one that has a succession plan. I've had a couple but I would say, in, at least in my experience, probably 80 or 90% of them do not have a succession plan in place. 
You know, Doug, you make a good point because Paula Fernandez, who wrote the article, was only quoting one different survey. And as we put together information for tonight, I think it's just as easy to say that of the people we meet, 60 to 70 percent do not have a plan and are coming in to develop a plan. Okay, so to get started on a succession plan, the first thing you need to do is come and meet with us. Meet with us at Lewis Financial Management to figure out the next steps. Then meet with the family member or the employee that you have in mind to take over the business and ensure they're the best person for that position. While these processes and eventually handing over the reins to your business may seem daunting, taking the time to plan ahead will alleviate many of your future headaches. So, thirdly, you need to seek professional advice. Business owners are expected to know the ins and outs of their market, but they may not be so savvy when it comes to selecting the best retirement savings plan available to them or considering the tax implications of selling their business. Therefore, it is crucial to build a team of professionals. By working with us as your financial planner, we will help you navigate uncharted uncharted waters. We can help you take the next step with a retirement plan and walk you through the various plans available and help you identify the most financially viable and ultimately beneficial retirement plan option for you. So we got the first three things you can do. The fourth thing is to position your business to be valuable without you. Hmm. If your ultimate goal is to fund your retirement plan from the sale of your business, then do all you can to make sure it's in the best shape for potential buyers. Small business owners should start preparing for the sale of their business at least five years before they want to retire. All too often, business owners come to us when they're at the point of being desperate to sell. They haven't been preparing for the sale of their business, either because they don't know how or because they always thought that their kids would take over the business. Many entrepreneurs try to minimize taxes by positioning their business to look like it's making as little profit as possible. Bad move. Yeah. But since businesses are valued based on their profit, this approach can actually hurt them in the long run. It's best to start showing as high a profit as possible at least two to three years before selling. Now, once that's done, owners should begin decreasing their role in the business. Small business owners should work toward a goal of being less involved in the day-to-day activities of their business because businesses that require the owner to work long hours are less attractive to buyers. Fifth, start a diversified retirement savings plan. Though selling a business is one way to fund a retirement, many experts warn about the danger of relying solely on the money from a sale to bankroll your golden years. Yeah, what if your company suffers from a sudden downturn in business, severe property damage, as any number of possibilities, any number of possibilities can happen. In these cases, it's unlikely that you could find a buyer putting your retirement savings and livelihood in jeopardy. Owners should have a contingency plan in place and begin saving as early as possible in case their business does not sell at the right price or at the right time. And these retirement plan options can come in the form of a SEP IRA, simple IRA, self-employed 401ks, or a combination of these plan types. 
When determining which savings plan to select, business owners need to consider a host of issues, including how much income they expect to earn, the amount they want to contribute, and the complexity of administering any given plan. It's important to explore your options because no one plan is perfect for every business owner. The best retirement plan for entrepreneurs is specific to each one's individual circumstances. So it's important to research various options and consult, consult with us before deciding. Let us help you plan for, your, for the selling of your business. Call us this week. Schedule an appointment. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. And if you have questions about your investments, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Doug, you know, someone asked me, is buying a $300,000 annuity financial planning? (laughs) Uh, No, that's not financial planning. Uh, that is being sold an annuity, which may not at all be right for you. You know, I don't think many people understand that an annuity, I like to use the example in my office when we talk and explain investments to clients, we talk about all investments can be considered as chickens and the income that comes from them is eggs because it becomes a very useful metaphor. An annuity is a contract between you and the insurance company that says, we will give you 100%, Mr. Insurance Company, of all of our chickens, and you give me the eggs. And when I die, you keep my chickens. Now, that might be a good deal if you live 30 or 40 years, but suppose you die after one or two years. You lost all your chickens, and your wife If you're a husband, she doesn't inherit anything. And so the annuity is a contract that says we will, the investor, will receive a stream of eggs, a stream of income in exchange for giving up 100% of all of our investment, our chickens, to the insurance company. It's actually not even an investment, really. It's called risk transfer. Risk transfer methods. You know, Linda, we, were, we, we saw a show the other night about the tulip uh, crash. You know, the tulip industry crash and, and the risks that were facing back in this, I think it was the 1600s, and the shipping industry. There's always risks. And so insurance companies step in to say, we'll take the risk away from you. But here's the terms of our taking that risk. You're going to pay us and we're going to structure the deal in such a way that we make money and you have the risk taken away. So is it right to buy a $300,000 annuity? That's not financial planning. That's just buying an insurance policy, which may not be at all what you need. And your situation may change as you go into a retirement, right? That's right. Once so, you have triggered that annuity product, it's called the annuitization. It's an irreversible move. You cannot change your mind. So if you needed more money, it's not liquid anymore. No, it's a contract. You've signed the contract. You can't change it. Once you have annuitized it, you have, you know, 
it's all over. The decision has been made. I don't think you should ever go into an irreversible position in financial planning because you don't know how long you're going to live. You don't know life changes, medical situations, and so forth. Financial planning is far more than just buying a product. And financial planning covers so many aspects, right? It covers cash flow planning. It does cover investment planning. And as we've said tonight, it covers tax planning. But what else? If you're a young couple, it covers college funding. And as Doug said, you may need insurance planning. How much insurance do you need? Have you got too much or maybe not enough? So these are the typical questions that we get every week at Lewis Financial Management. And if you've got questions like this, call us at Lewis Financial Management at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Let's take another caller, Doug. Hi, Floyd. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Yes, um, I was calling uh, to inquire about uh, maybe for the person who doesn't have a lot of funds to invest, and this new starting off, starting a family, what, do you have any, any suggestions on what types of funds I need to look into uh, to invest? Uh, well, let me see. How old are you, Floyd? 35. You're 35, and, uh-huh. you're, and you're married? Yeah. And how old's your wife? Uh, same age. 35. Uh-huh. And, and are you both working? Yeah. What's your income? Uh, I would say somewhere between uh, sixty-five and 70000 jointly. All right. And you have any children? One. Okay. One, one uh, son. All right. One, uh-huh. one little one you're just starting, and you've yeah. got sixty-five to 70000 income. Do you All know right. what your living expenses are? No, I sure don't. Not, well, the, not the, in front of me. All right. Well, one way to start, a very simple way to start, is to get a hold of a book called The Wealthy Barber. Okay. And the wealthy barber has a uh, system in there where you take 10% of every paycheck that you take home. Uh-huh. And you just put that into your checking account. And then your checking, ac- well, I'm sorry, you have drafted from your checking account uh-huh. 10% of your paycheck. Right. And that goes directly into a mutual fund that you choose. Now, at your age, if you're just starting... You could probably pick a growth and income mutual fund, and I think that would be the safest place to start with a growth and income fund. Sure. Okay, that sounds great. I think I'll look into that. You're sure welcome. I don't like to mention specific funds on the air, make specific recommendations, but if you call my office during the week, Floyd, we may be able to help you a little more. Really? Okay, well, I'll do that then. Yeah, that number, uh, Floyd and Raleigh, is 919-872-7000. Okay. That's USA 7000. USA 7000. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Doug, you know, uh, we get a lot of folks that call in, like Floyd, that are starting out, and they want some direction. And it is important to start early, isn't it? Well, the interesting thing is, Linda, that sometimes I can look at a person like Floyd, who's got a seventy dollars or $65,000 income, and he's 35, and I can run the numbers, and by him starting at this age, by the time he's 65, sometimes he can accumulate far, far more than a person who starts at 58 and is making 200000 a year. It's an amazing thing what time is. Time's that magical, com- that magical component that's added to money and interest rates and growth rates that produces the compound rate of return. 
It's so astonishing that Einstein called it the eighth na- uh, wonder of the world, actually. Years and time is what does it. And although Floyd doesn't have a high income, still he has time. I agree, Doug. Well, Doug- you know, I'm thinking that the advantage of clients that come to see us is that we have history. We've got 30 years of clients. So we can look back and see... 34 years. Thank you. 34 (laughs) years. We can look back and see the Floyds where they were 30 years ago and tell them, this is not pie in the sky. It works. It actually works. If you set up your, uh, your plan your pay-yourself-first plan, your financial plan, when you are in your 30s, even if you have a modest income like Floyd and his wife, you can become a middle-class millionaire and become financially independent without winning the lottery, without taking giant risks. It really works. And how do we know? Because we have those clients who've been with us for 30 years. Right. We have watched it happen. Right. And that's the advantage of dealing with a financial planner. I think it's one of the most important. A lot of people ask me when I'm searching for a financial planner, what are the questions I should ask? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, we know the standard questions we tell them. But one of the most important questions, I think, is how long have you been practicing this type of financial planning? And can you give me clients as references to speak to who have been with you for more than 15 years right, or, right. you know because or are similar to my situation that's right that's you right know, uh, I might be in my 30s wanting to learn how to implement the best practices or I might be in my 60s thinking I want to be prepared to retire before my employer decides I'm too old you know many years ago in the early 80s when I was first starting out I was uh, targeting a certain type of client, and these clients were very wealthy. Matter of fact, I remember uh, targeting um, uh, a couple of professional athletes uh, and, and thinking, this is what I want to do. But right after the Tax Reform Act of 1986, and of course, we're hearing about a new tax act, and everybody's saying it hasn't happened. In the, well, that was the time, and I was in practice then. Right after that time, I came up with the idea that suppose we targeted just middle-class individuals who want to become middle-class millionaires. The ones who are just seeking professional, objective advice. That's right. Ones who just want to know what's in their best interest without being forced into a situation where the ultimate answer is, here, buy this product, buy this annuity. This is going to solve your problems. Instead, give me real advice on what you know, Doug, Deborah. after doing this for so many years for so many other people, what do you think is in my best interest? And the system that I set up and developed, I think it must have been about 1989 by the time I set it up. At that time, when you meet with us, if you're out there listening and you come into our office, you will see, I'll show you the system that I developed back in 1989, I think it was, that still continues today. My daughter, Deborah Lewis, she is still teaching the same system. It works. Some of our clients are widows who have lost their beloved husband. Others inherited money through a tragedy. Others are just, you know, two income earner families that were diligent. Diligent about doing what? Going to work every week, saving, taking care of their families, and getting ready to retire. Or maybe the company's downsizing. So... 
it's a crisis and they need answers. That's right. And we have the answers. So if you're listening and you've got questions, come to our website at DougAndLinda.com and call us at 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. We'll be happy to meet with you to find answers and solutions to your dilemma. You know, one of the most important and and uh, talked about dilemmas is retirement sex success. And many people don't know that it's not about net worth. It's about net income. Very good, Deborah. Very good. So if you're wondering if you have enough saved to retire, you won't find the answer to that critical question on the bottom of your 401k statement. Yeah, America's move from pensions to 401ks and IRAs has changed the way that most workers think about their retirement money, and it's not for the better. The traditional pensions were designed to provide participants with a guaranteed income, and the people who have them typically think of their benefits in those terms. They know what their monthly pension check will be in retirement or what percentage of their old salary it'll provide. It's something they can count on and plan ahead. Yeah, if you ask free retirees about their IRA or 401k, they'll probably tell you the amount on their last statement. But as for what the number will translate into when they're in retirement, they likely have no idea, and worse, they have no plan. And that means many people who have spent their entire adult lives relying on a regular paycheck, knowing exactly how much it will be and exactly when it will go into the bank, are now rushing towards retirement with no real strategy for how they're going to replace the check when they leave their jobs. Yeah, accumulation is important when you're young and trying to save as much as you can. But in retirement, that number at the bottom of your statement, whether it's half a million dollars or a million, is really irrelevant unless you know how you're going to use it. What you really need is a dependable distribution plan that will ensure you can maintain the lifestyle you want for as long as you live. Yeah, we often tell people to think of retirement as a permanent unemployment to push the point that they must make sure there's always money coming in. Our firm has a process that solves this puzzle first, looking at all the possible income streams that they might have to depend on and how to make the most out of each of these. Because Doug and Linda, as we know, there are things that are guaranteed, quote unquote, sources of income. And then there are ones that we've got to create. So you might consider Social Security as a guaranteed type of income. You may be lucky enough to have a pension. Then that would become a guaranteed type of income. Above that, you need to have income coming from either retirement accounts or personal investments that aren't in retirement accounts. And those personal accounts and retirement accounts, they can hopefully produce a predictable income as well as a growth component. When you put it all together... That's when you are comfortable that you will be able to have the retirement that you're looking for. So tonight we've discussed a lot of things about tax, year-end tax planning, retirement planning, and other issues that might be on your mind. If this has prompted you to write them down, give us a call this week at 919-872-7000. And always remember, as Doug has been saying for 28 years, your money matters because your financial future is at stake.
You've been listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF.